Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Flack? Where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage people don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. Woo, Pastor Joel. Woo. What's up, Pastor Joel? Hey, man. How's it going? Well, clearly it's going very excitingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah. Well, I'm excited because we're... We have a topic that uh, maybe people know about, maybe they don't, but it's a, our topic is the three omnis. Yes. Great topic. The, th- the three omnis. So Pastor Joel, will you give us an introduction to the background of this topic? I'd love to. So yeah, um, whether people directly know about these or not, I think through our explanation, people will see how the three omnis have infiltrated the church and the doctrine of who God is. So the background goes back thousands of years. Thousands of years ago, philosophers, philosophers Mm. created an explanation for God's nature that consisted of three parts, omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. And traditionally, I'll go through how the philosophers and how they've been, even in the church today, been traditionally defined. Omnipresent would mean being present everywhere at the same time, like God is everywhere. Omniscient would be knowing everything. God knows everything, all-knowing. Right. And that would that includes is an important part here, because traditionally what that would include is everything that's ever happened that is currently happen happening and everything that will ever happen. And then the third one, omnipotent, traditionally defined as all powerful or God being able to do anything or everything. Okay, so how have people been hurt by the church in this area? Well, philosophers, <laughs> philosophers. I he- yeah, hear that. Yeah, who are men mm. came up with this definition of God. However, what's interesting is the philosopher then spends his time showing that this model, that this explanation for God's nature is contradictory. Done so this model is presented in a way that's the intent is to prove that God doesn't exist. So for example, if God can do anything, in other words, if God's omnipotent, then how can God make a rock so big that he can't lift it? So the philosophers were smart enough to know that contradictions don't exist. So they conclude that God must not exist because there are contradictions in their own explanation of who God is. Their own definition of God is contradictory. 
And they use that definition to show this belief that God doesn't exist. And, you know, actually philosophers have spent thousands of years proving the definition they created and specifically that God can do anything is contradictory. Religious experts, as crazy as this sounds, are actually worse than the philosophers because hmm. they profess the same traditional definition of God created by men. However, their response to the contradiction of this definition is even more puzzling. This is where I believe they're worse than the philosophers who created this definition is because they'll take the same definition the philosophers created and they'll respond to the contradiction of this definition by saying that God must not want to be known or that God must want to be contradictory. Or if he seems to be contradictory, it must just be because we as humans can't understand him. Notice religious experts can't say God doesn't exist because mm. that would be bad for business, right? Hmm. So instead the religious experts embrace a contradiction and you know that's really the major conflict we're seeing in the church as it relates to how we define god is this is a contradictory explanation wow so how do they support that position in the bible well the the only one of the three omnis that's actually in the King James version of the Bible is omnipotent. Now I'll say this too. I just want to, I want to get this out just because a word is not in the Bible doesn't mean that word and the concept that word represents doesn't exist. However, in some ways we can see concepts like this, aren't represented through scripture. The word's not even in the, the King James version of the Bible, but there are verses we'll, I'll go through that, that I would use if I had this belief, what I would use to support it. Well, first let's do the one that's in the King James version. Omnipotent. If you look at revelation 19, six, it says, and I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and as the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thundering saying, hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Okay. Great. The word omnipotent is in the King James Version of the Bible. However, if you look at the definition of the word in the Greek, omnipotent doesn't mean all powerful. The Greek word translated into omnipotent means all ruling. Hmm. So it actually has more to do with God's leadership than it does to do with describing what God is like or who God is in his nature. So it's like a, like a, a, a king in a sense. Like yeah. He's, he rules above there. So he doesn't answer to anyone. Right. Okay. Right. 
omnipresent, again, and the, this verse I'm going to read doesn't actually use that word, but I think it could describe what is traditionally expressed by that word. Jeremiah 23, 24 is one verse I would use if I was to um, support this position. It says, can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? Right? Okay. And then omniscient, one of the verses that I would use to support this, the traditional definition would be 1 John 3.20. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows all things. So those are verses, if I take them at what they say, could very easily be used to support the traditional explanation and definitions of the three omnis. So how would someone argue against this strategy, the omnis? So if someone was coming at me who believed these and was telling me this is how God's defined, there's a few, there's a, there's a number of questions. I'll give you one question you could ask for each of the omnis. Cool. So omnipotent, if, if we were talking about that, I could ask, if God can do anything, why is there evil in the world? Mm -hmm. That's a pretty common question. Yeah, right? we've heard that one. Yeah. Um, as far as omniscient, God knowing everything, including the past, present, and future, a question I could ask is, if God knows everything that will ever happen, where does free will come into play? Mm. Which that exposes one of the contradictions of God knowing everything that will ever happen down to every minute detail is, wait, wait a minute, where does my choice, my free will come into play? And then the third one, if I was to ask a question based in the omnipresent, um, that omni of God is everywhere, I, I love to ask this question is, is God in hell? Hmm. or another one even like you could even ask like we know when when a person we'll get into salvation in another episode in the future but basic christian and christian theology as far as salvation goes is when we become born again we receive god within us right the holy spirit right. dwells within us so a question i could ask somebody who believes omnipresent is is god inside the heart of an unbeliever so, and if the answer to that is yes, then it's like, well, then what happens upon conversion? Nice. So those would be some questions. Again, these, these defense strategies are, tr we're trying to help people who are being abused by a person who believes that these omnis are the definition of God's nature. And this defense strategy are really questions that are helping that person protect their thought process from being abused, from being taken down. And ultimately what these questions do is they, they are meant to help expose the contradictions in these beliefs. Yeah. And, and you and I have definitely heard people ask these questions and for anyone who's using these defense strategies on someone who believes in the omnis, remember to uh, get the answer to your question, because oftentimes yeah. the response is not an answer to the question but some other tactic to get you off the point. 
Yeah, we call that a flare, right? That's so right. These people don't want to answer the question when you expose the contradiction. So they flare you and try to get the topic onto a different conversation or the conversation onto a different topic. Exactly. Awesome. So let's let's summarize where we're at so far. The omnis were created by philosophers, by men. And the church has embraced these man-made definitions for God's nature. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well then that's the strict side. Let's go over to the loose side. Well, you know what, Pastor Joe, before we do that, we have a call from Pastor Richard Tater. All right. Go ahead, Pastor Dick. You're on the line. Hello, yes, Pastor Joe, Pastor Jonathan. This is Pastor Richard Tater from McMillan, Alabama. How y'all doing? Uh, gentlemen, God is the most powerful being in the universe. Amen. So it makes sense he would have these three abilities to the maximum. Amen. It is pointless trying to explain how this happens. Amen. God is beyond your understanding, your finite, tiny, tiny understanding, gentlemen. God can do anything, and that is called sovereignty, amen. I'm going to hang up, and I don't need to listen to y'all's answer because I know you don't have one. <laughs> and as always, this is my favorite podcast, To Hate God Bless. Well, thank you for the call, Pastor Dick. Appreciate it. Love to hear your enthusiasm and your passion. It's always great. Hey, Pastor Joel, any response to Pastor Tater? Yeah, once again, I love how he he's bold with his perspective. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know what he really did, his one of the things he did is he actually showed the proof that this definition of God, these omnis are in fact from man because taking these definitions, being everywhere, knowing everything and being all powerful is what man wants for themselves. Uh. And taking, taking those things to the maximum is man's goal. So that's these definitions that these philosophers, these men created are in are, are parallel to what man's man's goal is. But the question I'd ask is if you as a man, if you were everywhere, if you could do anything, if you as a man knew everything, would that make you God? Would you never make a mistake if you had those abilities? <laughs> so that question right there shows, wait a minute, if yeah. we're defining God's nature, that ought to, those, whatever that definition is, ought to be the most foundational explanation for what it means to be God. And what these omni definitions are doing are just showing us well, man, if I was everywhere, knew everything, and could do anything, that definitely doesn't mean I'm not going to make a mistake, or I'm, that definitely doesn't mean that I would be defined as God. So yeah, thanks, Pastor Tater, for the call. I appreciate it. Wow, awesome. 
So what is the other side of the argument, Pastor Joel? We, we know the strict side now. Can you bring us over to the loose side? Let's hear the other side of the argument. Yeah, the loose side is it's similar to the God is love episode. Okay. This idea that God can't be put in a box. You can't define God. Okay. And, you know, really it's this idea that the omnis, yeah, you may not understand them, but they are the best explanation that we have for who God is. And any contradiction that you perceive is due to these finite minds. So finite human brains, right? And it, right. So it is like this idea is kind of, it is a combination. Pastor Tater's call was kind of a combination of both sides, right? It was, right, it was, yeah. Went from one side to the other, this, this strict side of like, no, this is how God, God is defined in this specific way. And I'll swing all the way to the loose side by saying, but you can't understand it anyways. Wow. So how have people been hurt by that perspective? Well, we're, we're still left without an understanding of God's nature. And therefore, oh, we have no way of knowing if we're worshiping the right God. That's tough. Wow. That's yeah, a, that really is. Especially, we, I think we talked about in a previous episode, isn't that our job as pastors, as leaders of the church? Is maybe, maybe one of our number one jobs at the very top of this list is helping people understand the God they're supposed to be worshiping. Wow. So honestly, you have the loose, the, the strict and the loose side and you hear pastors in the pulpit presenting both sides. Yeah. They're as almost as a them. right to like, as a, almost as a way to get off the hook. Oh, nice. Yeah. For not having to explain, like, listen, we're all just on this journey. We're never going to be able to get there. So, you know, here's God are these omnis, but you can't understand. So Follow yeah, it's me? like this. Whoa. Is it is it possible it's guarding against people just confronting them about the contradictions in these explanations? You know what? I'll address the fact that they're contradictory by just saying, yep, they are, but it's because we can't understand God. It's because our brains just are too small and weak. Wow, it just makes me want to ask any any person that believes that, then why am I gonna listen to you about anything that you believe about God? <laughs> Right. If what's these the, are what's if, the benefit? Right. If these are contradictions, if you know all of the omnis follow the omnis, but we can't know, then how can we know that they're the omnis? You know, and it's just ugh, it's just right. a, it's a mess. So, how would you address someone that believed in that perspective, Pastor Joel, in that loose perspective? You know, the omnis are the best, but we can't understand. How would you address that person that? believe that well i think i'd take a cue from what you were just saying i think mm. one of the things i could ask these people is why should i even listen to what you're teaching me then <laughs> if what you're saying is i can't understand it anyways wow but uh, other than that i mean that's that right there is a really really good question yeah but some other ones i could ask are you know because really what this is getting down to is the these definitions are defined by men and you know, we're defining God in this fashion too. So I could ask, are you okay if I define who you are based on my own thoughts and feelings, regardless of any contradictions somebody points out to me? Or what if you're wrong mm. about God not wanting or not 
being able to be understood. Dude. As a leader, and this would be in line with your question, is like as a leader, how do you think God would feel about you telling other people that they'll never be able to understand who God is? If you're wrong, how would God feel about that? These questions are, again, they're, they're for protecting ourselves and hopefully for at least asking some questions that might help these people start thinking about why they believe what they believe. Hmm. That's awesome. So when you see this going on in the church, Pastor Joel, this discussion about the omnis, what are your, what are your thoughts? What do you think's going on? My thoughts are, I, I understand Jesus's words when I think about this, his words about how man-made tradition will make the word of God of none effect. Mm. Situations like this, traditional doctrine like this, and how this has infiltrated the church causes me to really understand what Jesus meant by that. And there's there's different ways I see this manifested in the church. There's different categories of people. We we go through categories every time we do one of these episodes. And, right. and for this, for this omnis topic, there's the people I feel sorry for. And I can even break this down into two different types of people. I feel sorry for the people who have embraced this explanation for who God is, regardless of the evidence shown to them. Mm. The people who won't hear another perspective. And then there's the, the other group of people I feel sorry for are the people who've been hurt mm. by the leaders who teach this. Yeah. Regardless of the contradictions. Yeah. And unfortunately, people who embrace these contradictions and people who teach these contradictions can make themselves sick. This is foundational worldview information and having a contradiction in my thought process causes mental illness. And unfortunately, this seems to be, at least in the church and with religious experts, an area where we allow contradictions to come in. Yet, any contradiction in any other lesser area of my life, I don't. I won't allow, we went through some examples of doctors and and uh, car mechanics and stuff where it's like, right. I would never allow a contradiction when I get my car fixed or if I have some physical sickness with my doctor, that I want them to give me a non-contradictory explanation down to the cause of what's going on with me or what's going on with my car. But as it relates to God, for some reason, we'll let contradictions enter into that explanation and it causes mental illness. Mm. So I feel sorry for these people because people are walking around depressed without a, without a correct understanding of who God is. And there are answers they could have that would dissolve this illness and would facilitate them having sweet, sweet fellowship with the Lord. Mm, that's awesome. There's the group of people I understand. These are the people who they know this explanation for God is flawed and they'll even leave the church because of it. 
again, these are the people who have enough self-esteem to walk away from abuse. And these people are actually avoiding making themselves sick because they're, they're not embracing this contradiction. So they're actually helping them so that they may not be as healthy as they could be by having the right answer, but they are preventing illness in their life by staying away from the contradictory answers. These people still don't have the right answer. And, and it is the, the people I'm impressed with are those who understand that contradictions don't exist. And these people I'm impressed with will push past the discomfort of the teachings that their church leaders are pushing on them, push past the discomfort of what's being taught in a lot of churches in order to seek out the non-contradictory, the truthful answer of who God is in his nature. Oh, and that is really, really tough, isn't it? It sure is. That's some of the most uncomfortable things to do is, is to push past these contradictory explanations and search out for something that's uncomfortable. Because it is truth is uncomfortable. It is. Yeah, and as we're seeing in these in these episodes of what the flock that both sides have it wrong. Right. And so what we, what we try to do in every episode is to present the ultimate answer, which is probably not something that people have heard very often. So pastor Joel, in this topic, can you give us the ultimate answer? Yeah. The ultimate answer is, is actually in, in relation to these omnis is God cannot be defined as defined as these omnis because they pose contradictions. The ultimate answer is actually that these omnis are an effect of God's nature. Man created these definitions of these omnis because it's man's goal. Mm. You know, I, Ultimately, I know you and I believe that God is able to be understood. Right. This actually exposes another contradiction in the omnis. Because if God can do anything, yet we can't understand him, isn't that an inability God has? He's wow. unable to make himself be understood. That's awesome. So we believe we can understand God. We believe he has made himself able to be understood. And, you know, that's one of the reasons we believe he gave us the Bible is so we could understand him. Why else would he have given us the Bible? But the answer to that will dissolve all these, all these topics of how God has been um, inaccurately defined or defined according to man-made tradition, the, the ultimate answer is still out in front of us. But as far as the omnis go, the ultimate answer is recognizing that these omnis are actually an effect. They should not be used to define who God is. Awesome. Well, I am looking forward to hearing about God's nature. Yes. I'm excited about that. Thank you so much, Pastor Joel. Everyone, this has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We are here for you.